What's up, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams. I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you on this fine evening? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, just got to watch two football games today, so I'm happy. Yeah, man. And uh, I actually watched some uh, some prospects today, too. So I watched like a lot of football games. So it's been a good day. I what do you think of that uh that Washington football team upset, dude? Uh I mean, it's one of those things where we've been pointing out some flaws for a few weeks now. Uh, and it finally caught up to them. It's just a little bit of sloppy play. I'm sure there's Steelers fans that are gonna make some excuses for that game. There's been plenty yeah. of games you should have lost that you, you picked up the win in a close game, props to you. Uh you you lost you lost to the Washington football team who lost their best, well, second best player at offense early in the game. I mean, it's not, it's not a good loss for you. Great win for the uh, Washington football team who are now, I believe tied for first place in their own division, which is the worst division in football. But still that D line has been ultra impressive. Terry McLaurin continues to be impressive. Uh, Antonio Gibson was impressive. McKissick was impressive today in his absence. Alex Smith yeah. does enough. He's not yeah. his MVP caliber, but he's enough. <laughs> he's enough, but when his freaking other leg was bleeding, I was like, how is this motherfucker staying in the game? Like, that's his good leg. <laughs> that's his good leg. Come on. <laughs> he's tough, man. I will top to Alex Smith at all times. Yeah, for sure. Uh, fun fact about the the Steelers, and we probably could have put this in the Week 13 Reactions segment, which we'll talk about soon, but uh, because it's so recent, we're going to talk about it now. The Steelers get the Bills on the docket next, and it could be a huge momentum swing for the Cleveland Browns to potentially win the AFC North. Uh, so they, the Browns and Steelers play Week 17. The Browns get a tough matchup against the Ravens and then the two New York teams before the Steelers. So potentially win out heading into week 17. Meanwhile, the Steelers get the, uh, who did I just say? The fucking Bills, the Bengals, and the Colts. So the Colts and the Colts will be fighting for their playoff lives. The Steelers are now fighting for a division lead though. So, um, it's going to be really, really interesting. I don't think that they're going to lose out, but uh, and they would have to. The Browns have to win. Uh, or they would have to lose three out of four, not lose out. They can beat the well, Bengals. The thing is, though, if they only have three losses and they beat the Bengals, they still win the division. Because that'll be their... Well, yeah, because the Browns will be their first divisional loss who now have two divisional losses already. Right, so they have to lose three out of four, so they would have four total losses. Browns would have to win out and keep yeah. their three losses. It's it's a very unlikely scenario, No, but I'm, I'm the, interested to see what happens after the Bills just put the beating on them. Yeah, the scenario really comes into play now that them and the Chiefs are tied, that that's more what we got to actually look at because... Uh, both of those teams could have their positions locked up going into that week, or they could be the same exact record and both are playing their asses off to get that only buy on this side. That's so we got a few weeks to figure it out. Obviously I think the Steelers have the hardest matchups left 
of the teams that we're talking about right now. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the the Browns have no – they have easy matchups, but they have to face the Ravens this week. I don't care if they've been kind of hurt by injuries and COVID. They're still a good team, well-coached. So Absolutely. that's yeah. not an easy one by any means. Yeah. All right. Before we get started, make sure you guys head over to thecutffb.com and check out the Rashad Bateman article that was just posted this past weekend. Um, it actually might have been sometime last week, but it, it's really good. Uh, our new contributor really highlights uh, a lot of Bateman's strengths and gives some player comps for him and where he'd like to see him fit. Um, so before before we talk about our playoff update, because I there's still things in the balance, and maybe by the time we get done answering we, this question, yeah, uh, we should we should probably wait till our next show, honestly, because with the Tuesday game, everything's kind of up in the air. I know there's. Honestly, three leagues uh, that I'm like, it's very, very close with points and head-to-head records that I'm not even trying to break it down that much. I'm just going to let it let it lie and <laughs> let a sleeper tell me if I won and got it or not. Fair enough. All right, so we'll skip the playoff updates. I know Sean, Sean also won't be here on uh, Thursday morning, but we can get his his playoff update as well and get you guys there uh we're looking at probably like 80 to 90 percent of playoffs for between the three of us uh probably facing each other i think i face you randy uh, in cleveland dynasty which is bullshit and i'm not happy about it Uh, you should be because miles sanders and clyde edwards lair haven't done anything in months so you should be happy that's true all right so before we get started with the rest of our topics uh my friend Wayne actually texted me. He said, this is a good debate topic for you. We'll keep it short as just an intro question. But there are two players that really have a case for comeback player of the year. They played each other tonight. Ben Roethlisberger, Alex Smith. Obviously, we know Alex Smith's journey was a lot longer. But he's also performing at a, a lower level than Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger had a a pretty bad elbow injury that has really kind of affected how he plays, but he's been productive either way. They've really schemed around his limitations. Which of those two players do you think should win comeback player of the year, Randy? I think it has to be Alex Smith just because of the injury difference. I mean, Alex Smith, I I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong clearly, but I'm pretty sure he could have lost his leg and or died. Multiple times where Ben Roethlisberger, while it is a devastating injury to his arm, it's, (laughs) I mean, it's an injury that while it probably has tapered off his arm strength, as we've already seen, but age was going to do that anyways. Like, he's obviously playing at a higher level because his team's 11-1, but, like, still, like, Alex Smith is only in because of injuries and, I mean, most people didn't think he'd ever touch a football field again, and he's out here. He might win his division. Isn't I mean, absurd? Honestly, it's That's absurd, absurd, but uh, like he realistically could and should win his division. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a nice little battle between them and the Giants. But I am with you here. I think, I, I think as soon as Alex Smith stepped on a football field, he won Comeback Player of the Year. It, it exactly. didn't matter what he did, and. 
as much as I knocked him today, because I think Dwayne Haskins can do some of the things that Alex Smith is doing, 100%. but I get it. Uh, I get the reason for keeping Alex Smith out there. He played well and he willed his team to a victory with the help of Cam Sims's one handed catch. What the fuck was that, dude? That was insane. Um, there's a lot in that game, man. But it, it was a great throw with touch, and it's not something that I expected to ever see from Alex Smith. So I think he's clear-cut. You first unanimous comeback player of the year, probably. Big Steph Curry vibes. All right. Uh, let's get into – so today we're going to be talking about Week 13 reactions, the waiver wire wrap, and then if we have time, we're going to – we talked a little bit about him. Uh, on our NFL draft, like kind of kickoff episode a couple of weeks ago, um, or last week, I don't remember when it was, but um, Devontae Smith went off. Like he went absurd this past weekend. He has been all year. We might touch on him if we have time. We hope we have time because um, I'm really interested to talk about Devontae Smith. Um, but let's get into our week 13 reactions presented by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is awesome. Randy played today. I did not. I forgot. Work sucks. Fuck work. Um, it made me forget about my Thrive lineup, but Thrive Fantasy is awesome. It's player props. You can click the link in the description and download the app and then use promo code the cut and they'll give you some money. So take the money. Uh, all right. First item. On the show doc, the Browns trounce the Titans. My question, obviously, it, it was a huge first half. Baker Mayfield lit the Titans secondary up. Uh, they went into empty sets, which is not something we've seen primarily out of the Browns. They decided to let Baker bake. Uh, Randy, I know, obviously, this show has some some bias with, with Sean and, and probably myself. I personally think that the Browns are serious contenders. Do you think that they're contenders? Do you think they can win a playoff game? I'll re restructure okay. this. Yeah, I, I think they could put a playoff game. Yeah, because okay. even though they are most likely going to be on the road, but yet again, remember, there's barely any fans to no fans, depending on where the place is. Um, so that's not really a factor necessarily. Where they're looking to end up playing shouldn't really be a factor because they're either going to have the same weather they would at home or better weather. So there really shouldn't be any concerns there. Um, they're going to be, obviously, they're going to almost certainly be in the playoffs now, and they're most likely going to be the five or six seed. So they're going to have a better matchup than most. Hopefully the five because that gives them, well, the best, <laughs> really. So. Uh, I, it's going to be tough. It really is. But if they get that five seed, I'll be pretty confident that they could win. Uh, the six seed is going to be somewhat less confident, but still decently confident. At least it'll be a good game. But yeah, I mean, if they play like they did yesterday, they're, they're winning. There's no question. I mean, obviously the, the Titans did storm back against vanilla defense, but still. <laughs> yes. uh, but I will say the makeups of the playoffs generally the old rule of thumb that works for decades, defense and running the ball. The Browns, while they don't have a good defense necessarily, they have a good defensive line when healthy, um, yeah. and they have one star, good corner, when healthy. 
besides that, the running game is among or it or the best in football. So they have part of the makeup to be able to do it. And as long as there's not two to four turnovers, they have a shot in any game, in my opinion. So I think what's lining up is a rematch with the Titans. If the Titans are able to win the AFC South, I believe the five seed will get the worst. Uh, I actually don't know how the, the playoffs are. The two out. seed, the two seed would get the seven. The three seed would get the six. Four gets five, and one gets a bye, and then one would play the worst team. Right. So four. So if it shapes up this way, I believe the Titans are the four seed right now. They might still hold on to the three oh, seed. Dang. Gonna make um, me check again. But that would be one hell of a rematch, just based on the fact yeah. that the right. Browns kind of showed their hand. Right now, the Titans are the four seed, yes. So that'll, now, that'll definitely be interesting. Yeah, but now the the Bills are 8-3, and three, looking like 9-3, and three, but they do have a little bit of rough matchups here and there, so they, it's going to be a toss-up on which one of those they play. I think weather-wise, we almost have to root for Tennessee. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I think... You want to root for Tennessee, but also I would love to see Baker play Josh Allen in the the first round of the playoffs. That would be quite intriguing to me. Um, all right, let's move on from the Browns. I I don't want to get down a Baker Mayfield rabbit hole here. I've been on it on my Twitter. You <laughs> guys know that at FF Baldman. Go follow me uh, for your, basically Baker Mayfield takes only. Uh, Darren Waller. He had one of the top. I believe six. I think it was the sixth best fantasy performance of all time at the tight end position. Uh, Obviously, the Raiders won on a freaking awful, awful Greg Williams blitz call. Um, I think it may have been on purpose. I'm buying into the conspiracy that Greg was trying to get Adam Gase fired by losing that game, and then he would take over his interim again like he did with the Browns. But turns out, got him fired instead so uh but darren waller was just freaking dominant the entire game randy i know you probably watched some of this game the entirety uh it's so darren waller i guess my my question from this we we know what he is the rest of the year like he you can't keep him fuck yes sorry debo um need need debo to get into the playoffs uh so you can't keep darren waller out of your your lineup as a dynasty asset, though, uh, based on this performance, not just this performance, but just the, his entire body of work this year, do you have Darren Waller in your like top three, top two, top? Is he is he pushing Kittle for you in dynasty? Um, no. So Kittle's the one for dynasty rankings, uh, simply because of age and talent. Because in true value him and kelsey are just tied i mean they they are i mean kelsey has been the one for i believe four consecutive years uh but i mean kittle's only getting better by the year so i'll obviously take kittle because of the age then kelsey still in my opinion mm-hmm. um and then it's do you want the chance at more points or the age question because then it gets down to probably him versus hawkinson I would assume yeah. because I mean, Goddard should be the tight end in the future there. They should end up getting rid of Ertz soon. 
Um, and then like Evan Ingram is a little bit down the peg because you don't know who his quarterback is down the road, and the quarterback's inconsistent as well as him. Uh, Noah Fant is up there, but he gets injured a good amount. I, I mean, Noah Fant's a top 10 dicey tight end. It's not even a question to me. Same with Johnny Smith, but both have it. They have flashes of that upper echelon. I think they should fight for the fifth tight end off the board type scenario, uh, mm-hmm. but they're fighting with the guys they also brought up. I think yeah. I think it has to be Hawkinson. Waller and I guess you could consider Goddard just because that offense seems to throw the tight end a lot, but the coaching change could come. So it's it's I, coming. I think it, I would still take Waller over Hawkinson though, just because Hawks' biggest games are like 19 points and Waller can get you 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think this sounds insane, and I understand. I think you can throw Kyle Pitts in the mix. Um, no, with- so I I don't know. You have him like third right now, yeah. obviously, but I know that's going down for you. Uh, you might not think that at this point. I know what's going down for you. <laughs> I mean, even it doesn't. Kyle Pitts is incredible, but he is a little bit dependent, and so is Evan Ingram, and so is a Sorry. few other people. So he's gonna go a little bit down. I mean, you're not you're most likely not taking Firemouth in the first round. So I could tell you, you might be taking Pitts in the first, but you're not taking him third <laughs> because you're taking a running back. You're taking a would, receiver there. I would probably take Trey Lance, to be honest. Uh, in I Super- wouldn't. So, I mean, obviously, one, two at this point is almost guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, in reality, as long as it's not terrible GM play, should be yeah. Lawrence and Fields. In any order, doesn't matter. Those should be one and two. Yeah. Uh, especially with the teams currently picking there and their need at quarterback. Obviously, the Jets need a quarterback less than the Jaguars, but that doesn't mean they don't need one. They need a change, really, and so does Darnold. Uh, yeah. uh, so, I, I mean, Pitts, I, Pitts, you could say, is contending for top 10 right now yeah. without without being drafted, without going through the workout process. I think you could say he's contending for top 10. Or at least you could say he's contending for tight end one, like yeah. a tight end one. Yeah, and I will say just as a side note, if you guys have seen my, I dropped a just my first round of superflex rankings. Obviously, very early. I'm I'm still very early in my process, but I put Kyle Pitts at 103. That's not saying I would draft him there, Randy. You have you make a good point. Like if I have the 103, I'm trading back, and I'm still going to take Kyle Pitts somewhere because I value him there. But yeah, but if you if you have the 103, you most likely need a wide receiver or a running back desperately. That can be a game changer for you. That's fair. All right. Enough talk about uh, <laughs> I guess. But tight end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Darren Waller was freaking amazing, though. Um, yeah, just a week too late for a lot of people. I know. They expected uh, it the game before. I know. Um, all right. So the next one, the Cardinals, man. I don't know what to make of the Cardinals. I watched quite a bit of this game. I think I had it on on red zone, and they were in the red zone a lot. The the Rams were in the red zone a lot, but the I thought that the Cardinals at the beginning of the season looked like they were going to contend for that division. And since about four weeks ago, Kyler Murray. I know he got hurt somewhere in there, but Kyler Murray has been 
I mean, I believe he started one for seven in this game. His scrambling is not what it has been. Randy, I think you're pulling up his stats right now. You're not. I was not, but I can't. Okay. Um, I don't know what he ended up finishing with. I know he had two touchdowns. Finished with 15.4. Uh, 21 for 39 for 173. Three touchdowns and one pick through the air. Five for 15 on the ground. Um, he got So he got a little banged up on his shoulder, uh, I believe, against Buffalo, yeah. if I recall. And since then, he hasn't run, really. That's basically what it's coming down to. So his points are dropping off the board slightly. Um, and he's thrown a couple picks. And again, Patriots slowed that fucking game down. They they made that a snail's pace, which benefited them because they can't move the ball, and they won. So yeah. that's basically um, what it came down to. But what I was getting at is what I was actually looking up is their playoff spot, which is currently eighth but the same record as the Vikings and one game behind the Bucks, and about to be a whole game above the 49ers. So uh, it's <laughs> even though they've had a bad few weeks here uh, and they won't win the division, most likely they're gonna, it looks like at least contend for the last playoff spot or even the six seed. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that they can, they can pull it off. I did in my uh, schedule predictions on our episode. I did have the Cardinals making it, so I want to be right. So that's that's kind of where I'm at there. Plus, I I think the Cardinals are really really fun to watch when Kyler's clicking. Uh, he's one of my favorite players to watch, and I want to see him do it in the playoffs this year. Let's put Ann Hopkins. Like, sign me up for that. Yeah, and they need to. I mean. They were talking about during the game that they need to start scheming more touches for uh, Hopkins because that first half, he was basically nothing. I think he actually was nothing. And it was depressing because he's literally at the sideline and like, come on, like, you're you're one more missed freaking (laughs) one more missed throw to me for me throwing a Odell tantrum out here. Like, I. And I don't blame him because he, I mean, he's a guy that needs fed and he's a guy that has been fed through his career, even with awful quarterbacks. So yeah. while Kyler fantasy wise is in the same breath as the shot Watson and technically I think almost talent wise, he clearly doesn't have that in his repertoire like Watson does. No. And the offense is a lot different too. And that's, yeah. It's it's not built around Hopkins like the Texans were, just like the Texans were built around Will Fuller, and now they're going to be built around a guy we're going to talk about later, not Brandon Cooks. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm interested to see where the Cardinals go from here. Uh, another AFC or NFC West team that uh, was just very, very disappointing are the Seattle Seahawks. Um, they ended up losing to the the New York Giants, led by Colt McCoy. Uh, Russell Wilson looked awful in the like I said, I had the afternoon slate on Red Zone, but I know I've I've said a lot of mean things about Carson Wentz being the reason for his sacks. Russell Wilson's been doing the same thing for three weeks now, and I think 
I have written here what the fuck bro and I think what the fuck bro is Chris Carson I I think that offense really really needs a healthy Chris Carson good news Rashad Penny's back this week I don't know if you saw that Randy no but I mean if I remember right it's not like Carson had a bad day he didn't but they I don't know what his snap percentage was but he uh, 13 for 65 and six targets, three receptions, 45 yards, and a big touchdown. He was 37% last week. He's up to 58 this week. They go up against the Jets. I assume he's going to stay about 58 because they should be up enough. Um, but uh, after this week, hopefully he gets up to 80 because they clearly weren't up enough this week, uh, losing to the Giants. And uh, it's it's tough, man. And they, they truly do need him to go off now. Uh, the wide receivers are kind of getting it down, but they screw up a good amount here and there. I mean, obviously, DK's known to fumble with the ball, uh, but he's not paying attention, <laughs> which happens a good amount. And uh, I, and I, I was watching it, too, and it seemed, because we, we were on here for a little bit of a dynasty top five people at each position type thing. And we were talking about guys, uh, I think it's Wilson, right, that has that just ridiculous, yeah, he has that, he tries to be Russell Wilson and does that spin out of the pocket like Elway yes. used to, and he can't. Will, Zach Wilson can't. Russell Wilson can, but he's not able to because his tackles are, are getting bullied, and he's they're riding, I mean, they're doing their job. They're trying to ride the guy out but they're getting ultra deep and that really forms a tight pocket around Wilson who what he's best at is kind of moving around creating time, creating space, getting out of the pocket and making quick reads and good decisions. He does that. But if he can't escape, he starts to look like Justin Fields does where he shuffles too much and looks at the pocket more than keeping his eyes downfield, which is what he's best at is keeping his eyes downfield as he moves. So, I, I mean, that tackle play needs to step up, in my opinion. I think that's a big thing, and I think Carson dominating in the run will be a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah, the offensive line was was very bad, but like I said, I, I've, I've said Seahawks, so many. Seahawks have never had a good line, though. Like, right. It's a, it's a position they refuse to draft. I know they drafted Damian Lewis, but that's, it's, I know they didn't draft him early. And no. like they won't draft a lineman before like the third or fourth round, it seems. Which is shitty players. Yeah, too. those uh, the oversigned crap players at the line. They they truly have needed to invest in that position every year. They won't. Now their defense isn't good, so they have to invest there. They've trapped themselves <laughs> into end up having a thirty four year old Russell Wilson that still has to scramble for his life. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough scene. Um. NFC West, someone someone tweeted out, could the NFC West just be the most o- overrated division in football? Uh, I don't think no. so. I, th- I think each team is going to hit their stride here as, as we get down well, the stretch. And you got to remember that arguably, arguably the best team in the division, team that went to the Super Bowl last year, has been absolutely rattled with injuries. Mm-hmm. So the, the 49ers are still technically in playoff contention which is a miracle and a testament to, honestly, the coaching of Shanahan 
in a little bit, I'll, I'll give Mullins some credit. He does play well in certain games. Obviously, he's going to have a decent stat line tonight and a huge loss that he made a little bit closer. But uh, they have just been decimated from injuries at every position, quarterback, O-line, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. The best player on their team is injured. And the second best player, Nick Bosa, injured. I mean, they, they have been ruined with injuries. So I think if they were healthy, we'd have them, the Rams, and the Seahawks all in playoff contention, as well as the Cardinals. Yeah. It, it, I think everyone, they'd be hurting each other, and everyone would be about 6-6 six and six and up. And right now, everyone's 8-4, and 8-4, 6-6, and four, and 5-7. Six and six and and so, I mean, they, they would be, I mean, there's a reason we like this division for the teams. Yeah. I mean, if, if everyone stayed healthy, which obviously can't happen, but I mean, it'd be it'd be a freaking dogfight, which it already is. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, that'll do it for our week 13 reactions. Obviously, we're not going to talk about every game. Um, if you guys have some some big storyline that you guys want us to hit on, just shoot that to us on Sunday nights on our Twitter at the FFB and we can add it to our our show doc for our Monday night recordings. Um, we're sorry if we didn't talk about your team, and we're sorry if we talk shit on your team. <laughs> we didn't really uh, talk shit on people. We didn't talk shit. Yeah, not this time. All right, let's move into our waiver wire wrap now. This presented by Mugs Fly Together. So Mugs Fly Together, uh, great mugs. Time to buy. It's definitely time to buy your, you your buy Yeah, and uh, they have I, a new mug. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know I don't know about you, but I obviously. I'm not going to a lot of stores. I don't really truly fear COVID necessarily, but I'm very, very cautious. I've been exposed and most likely have had it <laughs> after yeah. my uh, wedding debacle. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, <laughs> but either way, I have been ordering so many of my gifts for Christmas and my God, is the shipping taking longer than I like? Uh, Oh, yeah. I still have to order a few more gifts and everything right now. I think the earliest it's coming is like this Friday, the 11th. Some's coming like the 14th, and I'm already like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. I'm going to have to pay 20 bucks ex- expedited shipping. So I would go to Mugs Fly Together now and get a at least a mug, probably to use our discount code to cut, right? The cut. Cut 15. Cut 15. Cut 15. Yeah, I, I literally corrected before. <laughs> but yeah, cut 15 and get you obviously get yourself if you really need one but get your family your friends some cool gifts if you need to make up to people like christian might need to make up to adam get them a cool gift of a team they like and just really really get a good gift at a really good price yes for sure uh so what i was trying what i was gonna say before i remember that we were gonna plug mugs fly together is the waiver wire right now, you you shouldn't be really looking at the waiver wire as anything more than stashes. Um, in in certain situations, like for example, Antonio Gibson went down, um, and we'll talk about where we're looking to probably replace him. That that's going to be a turf toe injury. That's probably going to keep him out the entirety of the fantasy playoffs. Uh, though I think they might rush him back. Uh, based on their bat- their battle for yeah battle for the division, but the the waiver wire is not you shouldn't have to 
<laughs> go hard on this. Now, if you're not in the playoffs, we suggest putting together the best team and being that foil um, and, and kind of fucking a playoff team over by picking up one of these guys that we're talking about. Uh-huh. Um, that's, a, because- that's what a competitive league is. A competitive league, even if you didn't make the playoffs and you're in the toilet bowl, loser bracket, whatever, you should still do your best to make these waiver pickups. You probably have the waiver order if you don't have fab. So you might as well get the guys that these guys want and make them fight it out with the teams they already have. They were so dang good that they made the playoffs. So just (laughs) be a little petty, pick up those guys. Yeah. And talk (laughs) shit while you do it. Yeah. Keep it actively. Yeah. All right. First guy that we have listed, Rashard Higgins rostered in 13% of leagues. He had a six catch 95 yard and single touchdown performance in week 13. I tweeted out a stat that my buddy sent me. Shout out to Lucas. Uh, Richard Higgins, he hasn't gotten targeted a ton because the Browns just don't pass a ton, and Richard Higgins was non-existent when Odell was healthy. But of players with, I believe, 25 or more targets, Richard Higgins is one of the best in terms of DVOA. Uh, fun fact. I'm doing a research project on DVOA and how it correlates to fantasy production. And uh, even if it's not for this year, Rashard Higgins might might be a pretty good player next year. Uh, but in terms of his week 14, 15, 16 outlook, Randy, do you have any interest in Rashard Higgins? Um, I have interest in flex consideration. Uh, obviously, they're going against the Ravens. so it's. I mean, they're probably going to have to throw the ball slightly. Uh, definitely, I doubt as much as last or this week, but in my opinion, obviously we've been on here for weeks saying that Baker's clearly better in the shotgun than under center, but our running scheme is worse in shotgun than under the center, so it's it's rough to really do. So, he, like you said, he was an empty personnel a good amount this week, and they thrived in it, uh, and that's where Higgins really get the job done. He'll get the job done in two wide receiver sets, obviously, because he's pretty much taken over that second receiver spot. I think a lot of doing of Baker, but I I think I would pick him up, but I he's not the top of my list, and I doubt I'd play him this week only because it's the Ravens. Yeah, see, I'm I would definitely pick him up, but I'm of the mindset that you might be able to play him this week. So I was talking with with Lucas too, not about Richard Higgins, but I said, I think the Browns, this was always the plan is to let Baker get comfortable and then toss him in empty and let him freaking destroy defenses. Now that all of the tape throughout the entire year has been almost strictly 12 personnel. I think they're going to let Baker throw the ball a little bit here down the stretch against the Ravens. I think it's going to be tougher to run the ball than it is to pass the, the ball, and I think Higgins might return some value. The other thing uh, playing a role in this, and we actually made this before this happened, the Browns claimed Marvin Hall today. So Marvin Hall, the former Lions receiver, not a huge threat, especially for this week, but interested to see where he fits into that wide receiver room. Probably going to take Does away he? Peoples-Jones. I don't know. Does he? 
I actually had this conversation with my dad today. He was like, oh, so Browns picked up Marvin Hall. How is he? And I, I mean, I obviously gave my obviously, uh, opinion where he was a depth guy for the Lions. Has had his chance with Galladay out. Hasn't done much with it. Been okay. But my thing is, they want Higgins at the two spot, clearly. Yes. Hodges was the starter with Odell and Jarvis, so they at least trust him slightly. And they know that Peoples Jones, they want him to be a wide receiver of the future here. So are they really going to cut his playing time and his growth for Marvin Hall? That's I why, I, I mean, obviously I agree with you. I want to see it. But in my opinion, I think he's just depth at a position where they don't have depth. Okay. So what I gathered is don't pick up Marvin Hall. Still have some <laughs> faith in Higgins. Yeah. Got yeah, it. yeah. Sounds good. All right. Uh, next guy on the list is Ty Johnson. Now, if you don't know that name, he was on the Lions last year. He had a couple fantasy-relevant days, uh, but he is rostered 0% right now in redraft leagues, which makes sense because he was an afterthought waiver pickup for the Jets uh, when Piran went down with his ankle injury. He's kind of been looming there. He So Frank Gore, I believe, went down with an injury. He, he got a concussion. So did Damon Arnett in the same play. They just mess each other up. I will say, David Arnett has been putting his head down into the plays too much for my liking. He did not learn that at Ohio State. He did not do that at Ohio State. But he's kind of gotten the same thing in the first year that Denzel Ward had, where he just randomly got a bunch of concussions back to back to back. Um, that's He actually got a concussion last week that put him out, and then he was out immediately after this hit. So I doubt he plays this week, maybe not the week after, which really sucks for the Raiders. But uh, I Gore got up and just kept looking around. And so did Arnett. Like, they, you could tell both are just screwed. Like, they're yeah. done for the day. So I, because of that, there's a chance, because it's Gore, he's old school, that he'll be able to circumvent the system slightly. Uh, but I, there's a good, good chance that he does not play this week. Especially when, listen, he's old. They're playing for trying to not be over. I mean, do, do you really risk his health this week? If you're at, I mean, if you're Adam Gase, probably because he's kind of a prick. But I, I don't think you let Frank Gore play, which means Ty Johnson gets a lot of snaps. And while it looks like he did really well, and I do believe that he found some good holes. The Raiders' run defense was atrocious, is atrocious, will be atrocious. Oh, and uh, honestly, it was strange because Mo Hurst could not fill the lane. The linebackers were slow to move. Uh, they have to play zone because they can't play man with that defense. So everyone's kind of stepping back first. But I will say there was a good amount of holding that didn't get called. Obviously, that happens every game, but I think it was a little bit above the average in this game. Obviously, it's not an excuse on how bad their defense is. I'm just saying that that might get in a in a closer in a more televised game probably against the Seahawks this week. Those might get called, and he barely cracked the hundred. He barely scored the touchdown. But I think if you were going to play Frank Gore, you could play Ty Johnson. Like that's what I want to get. I don't don't expect a ton because he's basically the only guy there right now. But. Yeah. Yeah, so Ty Johnson in week 13, I didn't read his stat line. So he did play on 63% of snaps, had 22 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. He added two catches. 
Um, probably better than what we would have seen from Frank Gore, except maybe. No, I I think Frank Gore. While I think Johnson had some burst, I, I think Gore would have gotten this twenty-two for one hundred four and a touchdown. The catches, it's Frank Gore, so probably not. But yeah, okay. So you would pick up Ty Johnson then. Um, he right now, depending on obviously he's available. So yeah, but you have to know about Gore. Most places waivers aren't running until Wednesday. You might not even know by then. So Yeah. yeah, so Ty Johnson, if so he gets a good matchup against the Seahawks, yes, but then he gets Rams and Browns, and the Browns actually were really good against Derrick Henry. I don't see Ty Johnson breaking that mold. Well, they were good against Henry, but they got up. 31 7 pretty quick so that stat line's probably a little skewed that's true all right yeah i would also pick him up though um let's move on to uh actually i'm gonna jump to chad hansen because who the fuck is chad hansen i'll uh, tell you houston <laughs> <laughs> i know it's not like i fucking knew that before the game but yeah, so, so yeah, you go, you go. Ch- Chad Hansen, I I don't know anything about him other than the fact that he played ninety two percent of snaps. He caught five balls for a hundred and one yards. He looked to be the wide receiver three or four, I guess. Nope, nope. He was three. He was three behind, in this game. Uh, behind uh, Kiki and Cooks and Cooks. Uh, the wide receiver three in this offense hasn't traditionally been super fantasy relevant. Um, but Randall Cobb had a couple of good days early in the year. What do you make of Chad Hansen? Now we should say too, he's, he's a bigger guy. They don't really have a bigger guy now with, with Kiki and cooks. Uh, he's been in the league three years. Evidently I've never heard of him. Uh, so, uh, do you have any interest in him as slight interest? Uh, obviously, we might might as well talk about his running mate, uh, Kiki QT, who's on here, forty three percent owned. Had himself a bigger day than this. Uh, clearly met his DraftKings value, which we rightly predicted. Uh, but I would pick up Kiki before him because he's clearly factored into the offense, no matter what. I think Hanson took advantage of some good matchups. He also played more snaps than Kiki. Kiki was only 75% of the snaps. So he's going to be on the field because he's that bigger body outside guy. But he's not, in my opinion, going to get factored in a lot. I think he just happened to be open, honestly. And you got to remember, Cooks was out for a few series. Uh, I don't remember what it was for, but he was out for a few series. So that might have bolstered it i'm not gonna say it definitely did but it might have bolstered it i think what really bolstered his production was jordan akins only getting three targets which is something we did not see coming no especially with watson proclaiming how good he is and how many more targets he deserves that didn't come this week so uh I, I guess you can't bank on that, but he should get him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I think Hanson, I'd pick up QT before. I think I think he's the last receiver I'd pick up out of these. Yeah. But yeah. he's worth, with that snap percentage in the game, I think it's worth the discussion. Yeah. 
I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm intrigued. It would be more like a I had someone get hurt for the year or something. I'm dropping him or tossing him on my IR, and I have an open spot. That's probably where I'm looking at him. But yeah, but how many open spots do you got? That's that's my thing. Like if it's one of our, even in our deep dynasty leagues, I mean, I'll probably try to get him for no money. But like, yeah, is he gonna play? I'm not gonna start him. No, definitely not. All right, another wide receiver rostered a little higher, but obviously we told you, I told you. I don't want to put that on Randy and Sean. I told you guys to drop T.Y. Hilton about six weeks ago. And for about four of those weeks, well, three maybe, uh, I was correct. So T.Y. went through a spell against Cincinnati. He had uh, one catch for 11 yards. He had a bye week, then two catches for nine yards, four catches for 40, big day, eight fantasy points. Uh, Then three for 36. And then... He bounced back uh, the last two weeks, and he's averaging about 22 fantasy points per game. He had four for 81 and a touchdown two weeks ago, and last week, he or in week 13, he had eight catches for 110 yards and a touchdown. He gets Vegas, Houston, Pittsburgh down the stretch. Is T.Y. Hilton your number one priority? Mm. <laughs> um, I think. Well, obviously, the last couple we're going to talk about, I think they take priority. Uh, but that's depending on some injury things here. I think he's tied for first. Besides that, though, with Kiki QT, in my opinion, because uh, I think he's guaranteed manufactured touches through the rest of the season. I would say probably seven targets a game. If not, I mean, at least six a game, I'd say for Kiki. So, uh, obviously, Hilton's been doing really good. I think the return of Michael Pittman is an enormous step forward in that department. Um, and I think the emergence, the reemergence of Jonathan Taylor in the offense has been great, too. So, I mean, he's, he's done it back-to-back weeks. I do have a fear the second you start him, he gets three for 36 again. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I I will say the next two weeks are are really good matchups, they and are. he is known as the the Texan killer. Anytime they he play the Texans, yeah. he goes I off, and, about that. and he gets them in two weeks. So, well, uh, what did he play them already? Yeah, they, they played Houston this week, which oh, is duh, why, duh, duh. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is why it's they it's did. super intriguing. Um, but he is rostered a little higher. He's pro- he might not be available in your league, uh, but we felt like we should mention him since he is available in forty seven percent of them. So yeah, uh, all right. Yeah. Um, let's stick with the wide receiver train. Um, we're going to talk about two guys at once here: Tim Patrick, thirty five percent rostered; Lavisca Chenault, thirty percent rostered. I actually picked up Lavisca. In a league, LaVisca turned in a very touchdown-dependent day. Uh, He had three catches for 38 yards and a touchdown, but he also rushed for 30 yards, which is kind of, you know, two weeks ago when I said you should start Visca uh, or you should put him in your DFS lineup, and I believe we did, uh, potentially. We We, we We discussed it. it. 
we we picked a different way that worked out still so yeah but i had mentioned how he does get those gadget plays um so he he was looking better now that shark was back looking like shit and uh colin johnson is stretching the field a bit tim patrick is a guy that i've been a little uh, not harsh on uh but just not dynasty interested in him redraft no. interested uh yeah, absolutely. So he he caught four balls for 44 yards, but two touchdowns, had 20 fantasy points. I believe that's going to put him as a wide receiver one this week. Uh, so he has had, wait, it's just outside wide receiver one, depending on your scoring. He's had uh, two 20 plus point games. He's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven double digit fantasy performances of the two of these guys. Uh, LaVisca, Chenault, and Tim Patrick, Randy. Which one would you pick up first? And tell me why. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> I would pick up Tim Patrick first. Um, He doesn't get as many manufactured targets as Chenault, but he also has, well, he's been healthy, obviously. He's been more consistent. He obviously had a dud against New Orleans, but it's because he didn't really get targeted, and you know, I mean, they didn't have a quarterback, so. <laughs> uh, but he finally got. I mean, for with with an actual quarterback, uh, the last four weeks, four targets for four catches has been his lowest output, and he got the most points with two touchdowns. So, and he gets a good matchup this week against Carolina. Obviously, tougher against wide receivers and running backs, but still, they can get it done this week, in my opinion. I think he is going to get a little bit. I think he's. I mean, I think he's got at least four targets. Or the Visca might get four. He might get six. He might get three carries. He might get a couple screens. But he's more touchdown dependent, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, I, I'd rather take the guy that. And the other thing is, we know Drew Locke's the quarterback. We know what Drew Locke can do. We know his flaws, but we know what he can do. And they just played the hell out of the Chiefs. So where we have Mike Glennon on the other side who is starting this week but could lose his job next week. Yeah. That's that's fair man and uh I am surprised to know I do roster Tim Patrick quite a bit. I've I, I picked him up like 6 weeks ago or so after uh, maybe after his game after is dud but he's wide receiver 35 right now. I know we mainly- said this is at least the third or fourth time we've talked about Tim Patrick on this waiver roundup. Yep, and he's still rostered under 40%. Yep. Guys, listen. Listen to us. Listen, Linda. You know that, that video of that little kid talking to his mom? Listen, Linda. Yeah, that's us. Um, wow. Fresh <laughs> reference. It would be better if you could see the, see the gif. Maybe that's what the graphic will be for this episode. Probably not, though. No, uh, I don't think <laughs> All right, so pick up Tim Patrick over LaVisca, but Visca is still a decent pickup. Yeah. Uh, um, let's talk about the one quarterback that's on here, Jalen. Uh, let's let's save that for last, please. All right, fair enough. Uh, Cole Komet, rostered two percent, averaging over seventy-five percent of snaps his last three weeks. His playoff matchups are against Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville, which are all bottom five. Uh, defenses against tight ends. I wrote down here, Randy, that 
Cole Komet has league winning upside at the tight end position, especially for a team like, like me, uh, who I had to drop Johnny Smith. I picked up Anthony Ferkser this week. Now I'm looking at what the fuck do I do? Uh, Cole Komet had five catches for 37 yards, did find the end zone, but that five catches for 37 yards, that eight points would already be better than most tight ends. Randy, do you agree that he has league winning upside now that he's being featured in the offense and now that Trubisky's keeping his job? What do you think of Cole Komet? I I like him. Um, my worry is while he's starting to come on to his own here, uh, which is a good thing for a rookie, especially on a team that had 27 tight ends to start out with and has had multiple quarterback changes, and now is the quarterback that doesn't necessarily throw the tight end as much. Uh, so that's a good sign. But my big worry for him is the league winning thing. While he had seven targets, five catches, 37 yards this week, that's great. Like, let's just take out the touchdown. That's great. But I doubt he gets seven every week. So let's say he gets three, two or three catches a game with that kind of, I mean, let's just say 15 yards. So that's not enough. So now we need the touchdown. And the biggest concern there is the red zone monster that is Jimmy Graham, who had one target this week, but was in the red zone. <laughs> so that's that's the problem for me. I think if you need a streaming tight end, you've been streaming tight ends all year. With these three matchups, especially against Houston, in my opinion, I I definitely think he's really, really worth a shout. And I definitely, I think he's in consideration. I know I've quickly early done my rankings. <laughs> uh, and obviously they're going to change slightly because people are going to be injured and all that crap. Because that happens every week. We have to adjust these every two days, it seems. But I currently do not have him ranked, which is an oversight by me. But I have <laughs> Jimmy Graham ranked. And but very, very low. So I think I'm going to take Graham off for him. But still, I I don't think he gets seven targets. So there, I, he's a stream. It's just the league winning upside thing. I don't agree with. But if he if he's getting seven targets a week, yeah, yeah, because that's that's up there with the best. Listen, man, I sure as fuck hope he does because I'm picking him up. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting. Uh, I'm playing. Okay. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to to you guys and say pick him up and then me not pick him up. I'm one hundred percent picking him up. He, Let's just do this plain simple. Would you play him or Jordan Reed? Him. Would you play him or Jordan Akins? Him after this last week. Would you play him or Logan Thomas? Logan Thomas. Uh, Logan Thomas, I was wrong about. Logan Thomas is in that streaming candidate tight end. So that's why I'm... Those are like the streaming... I mean, obviously, Ferks are if Johnny's that again, which I doubt, but it could be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's there's a good amount that the touchdown's the biggest thing for tight ends. So, yeah. All right, let's. That's the last tight end we'll talk about on here. I promise. Yeah. Uh, let's <laughs> move on. We we touched on Antonio Gibson's injury today. Peyton Barber got 14 carries. He's rostered two percent, which. Kind of gross. I don't. I don't know who the two out of a hundred people are, but show yourselves. Um, <laughs> Be a shame, Randy. Do you have interest in Peyton Barber? I 
only have interest in Peyton Barber if for sure Antonio Gibson's out, clearly. Um, but if I need a running back this week that has a shot to get a touchdown in 15 carries, I you have to pick him up. I mean, I don't think... Obviously, we have to hear on Frank Gore as well. I think I'd pick up Ty Johnson before him. Um, but I think he's i mean—he's clearly the second-best running back in this list because he's the only other running back. And that speaks to the waiver wire. So I think if you, if you might need a running back this week, I'm picking him up. Yeah. So I will say, uh, if it is multi-week, as I expect it to be... Uh, there's been turf toe that people play the next week or they sit out one week but a lot of the times they sit out a couple weeks and it still nags for the rest of the season look at what AJ Green two years ago I think that was his first injury I think Julio three years ago I mean we've had a turf toe every year that happened and every year every fantasy podcast is like fucking turf toe what the hell's (laughs) turf toe (laughs) thankfully I never dealt with that but I I know it sucks it's awful So, if it is multi-week, though, uh, Peyton Barber will get the Seahawks and the Panthers in weeks 15 and 16. Decent flex consideration, I would say, if Gibson's out. But also, game script-wise, you have to consider that, I guess, too. And the Seahawks should be up, should with a grain of salt. And then Carolina should be as well. I, I don't know about the Carolina one. I'll, I'll still say that that's fairly even, in my opinion. Um, and then... A revenge game, too. It is a revenge game. Type. <laughs> uh, and then, I, I mean, obviously, if the Seahawks play like they did this week, anyone could beat them. So, yeah. uh, but we talk about him because he's 2% owned. The guy in this offense that you really want, if Gibson's out, is J.D. McKissick, who... Uh, I don't even know what his points are today, but it's pretty good, I'm sure. Probably like 18. Let me pull it uh, up. While you pull that up, he's owned 69%. Uh, right. Christian's nodding that he had 18 points. Uh, 18.8, but yeah. 18. He <laughs> barely carried the ball. I think he had three or four carries for like eight yards. But he had 10 catches on 10 targets for 70 yards about. Yep. I mean, that's ridiculous. He's basically James White right now. And those numbers are only going to go up if we know Gibson's out because they're going to give him more touches on the ground. And if they are down, guess who's on the fucking field? It's not Peyton Barber. It's J.D. Yep. McKissick. So if he is available, which he probably shouldn't be, but if he is, you have to pick him up. I think you have to pick him up first out of this entire list no matter what, unless you're a super flex, technically, I guess. Uh, but in that case, unless it's dynasty or if it's not dynasty, you have a chance for this guy to be on there, but otherwise you don't. Uh, <laughs> but JD McKissick has to be the top of the order for me because he has done it before. He's done it with Gibson. He can do it without Gibson. I agree. I think uh, we were seeing the tide turn to be the Antonio Gibson led backfield. And then, of course, he gets hurt, and now it opens the door for these two guys to be a little bit of a committee. But, again, I'm with Randy. It's the McKissick show, especially in games they're down. Yep. Last guy 
that Randy didn't want to talk about. Uh, this motherfucker. I don't want to talk about it with you. I know. <laughs> so, Randy, I do you remember two weeks ago I said if uh, what if if Carson Wentz plays bad against the Seahawks two weeks ago, can we please drop someone bef- during the game? Or right after the game to pick up Jalen Hurts. That's not no. I said before. I said before. Yeah. And I I said I said yes, but because it was a Sunday night game, we had to drop MVS who was playing on Monday night. And you said, Well, I can't do that. And we just dropped MVS for nothing. So Yeah. uh, (laughs) I wish we would have. I wish we would have. I so Jalen Hurts, obviously, Carson Wentz hit the bench. There's a lot of good. You've heard of Elf on the Shelf. Have you heard of Once on the Bench? Uh, which is kind of not even a rhyme, but I see a lot of it. Um, so Carson Wentz was god awful again, again. Uh, Jalen Hurts came in, was better. The offense moved the ball. He wasn't great, uh, and so he he obviously was hampered by the offensive line that I've tried to put I kind of like not any blame on them um they they did not allow Jalen Hurts to to move as well but he did get out of the pocket he extended plays he made some really good throws down the field I think I have written here he'll be the starter moving forward if Doug Peterson has any balls uh I I kind of think Carson Wentz is going to start I also think that I would spend a lot of fab on Jalen Hurts because I, I think he's a QB two play every week if he is the starter. Oh boy, um, we we did discuss a few times this weekend. Uh, there's been many times this season where I've very, probably rightly and rudely questioned how Doug Peterson is a Super Bowl winning coach, um, but then it then it clicked on me. Um, it's because he's good at scheming his quarterbacks if they're a backup. <laughs> what does Jalen Hurts do best? He throws quick passes accurately. He is great on the run, out of the pocket, making those reads and making those plays extend. And that helps with an offensive line that struggles and a running game that struggles. What does Carson Wentz do good? Throws quick, accurate passes, does great on the run. It's yeah. almost like if they just called a game plan around Carson Wentz's strengths, he would play well and he would be confident. Not a guy that basically looks like he's been stuck in a room for four years depressed. He has no confidence. He he looks sad. <laughs> it, and he didn't look... This is not when he was benched. He He straight up looks depressed. He has zero confidence. In his game, the this coaching staff has not allowed him to have any confidence. Uh, the guys being injured has helped hurt that as well, obviously. But what were we like six weeks past where he he gutted out his entire life to get them, I believe, a win? But he played his ass off, and everyone was like, "You know what? We were we overreacted. This kid's got it. He just needs to get the right play calling." What was happening in that game? He was rolling out getting out of the pocket, making plays. Just do that. I, I, I mean, at this point, let Hurts play. Honestly, 
let Hertz play. Guess what? Carson Wentz is your starter next year. Because guess what? You can't get rid of that money. You can't. Even if you trade him, you're paying him. So it's... Carson Wentz is there next year. Jalen Hurts is not better than Carson Wentz, in my opinion. He played better. He played better yesterday. That's plain and simple. But another thing, we talked about how the Titans came back against vanilla defense. Jalen Hurts, one good drive against a really vanilla defense for the Packers. They got within a score. Really good for them. You know what happened? They blitzed. They played defense. Jalen Hurts did not play well through a pick. That was kind of the offensive line part I was talking about, though. But when I brought that up for once, you said the offensive line's been good. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Don't take that out of context. Because the people on Twitter are doing the same thing. I don't think the offensive line is good. I think they're very, very mediocre. They have very bad snaps at times, but they have very good snaps. And Wentz, Wentz holds on to the ball so much because he doesn't, like you, you're talking about, he doesn't have confidence whatsoever. He doesn't have confidence that he can make a fucking simple slant read. It's bad, and, man. And the coaching staff isn't helping it. No. And there's a, a hitch in his throw, uh, throwing which motion. Have, down which and, hasn't been there since his sophomore year at North Dakota State, I believe. Yeah, or I, like his scout, scouting him, there was there wasn't a hitch, right? <laughs> and I think it came out a little bit in his rookie year, but other than that, like the the hitch that he has now, he's working. Like Doug Peterson was a fucking NFL quarterback. Like, what are you doing, Doug? I saw a report uh, come through for from Fourth and John, which I don't know how credible they are, but they yell at me on Twitter, so I, I will reference them. Doug Peterson is said to be stepping down after the season, which makes me think that Howie Roseman uh, is going to force him to play Carson Wentz, actually, because I think they need to get Carson Wentz's confidence up because they're paying him a fuck ton of money. But Well, and I think that also speaks to the confidence that he has in Doug Peterson. It's true. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes there. I yeah. do think a lot of people are questioning uh, wh- why would you draft a quarterback if you knew that your your current quarterback that you just paid over $150 million, if you knew he had issues with confidence, the argument was, well, if drafting a guy in the second round is going to break this person in Carson Wentz, then that's probably not your guy in the first place. I don't think that's it. I think there's I, a lot going on. I was going to say, I don't think them drafting hurts hurts confidence at all. No pun intended there either. Uh, there was I, a honestly, stupid. I mean, he, he's a good he's a good quarterback, but obviously hurts has a lot of work to do to be an NFL starter every week. Yeah, I I will say like I will I will pick Jalen Hurts up. Uh, no, uh, yeah, hundred percent. Unless they come out tomorrow. Yes, we're playing Wentz. I pick it up hurts. Yeah, which they could. They could. Well, it's, it's a super flex league. We know that Doug Peterson will scheme around his backup quarterbacks, so he'll look halfway decent at least. But when he's facing an actual defense, uh, I, he's clearly going to struggle slightly. But that was his first real quarterback action, so I will give him the benefit of the doubt. It's just a little bit. It's it's only out there to detract the holy hell. Jalen Hurts is the future. I'm just that's the only reason I brought it up. Otherwise. I would have just said he had a good game. Good for him for coming in and doing a couple good things. But it's the Eagles. Eagles hate. It's not even truly Eagles fans. Because Eagles fans still believe in Wentz for the most part. 
They do. It's just, uh, which they should. I mean, he's done it in the past. And I do too. And I, I think mean, that's gotten lost. Just, and... there's, a, there's a reason Raiders fans have been barking about Carr for years. Yep. Since his injury, they've just been like, listen, he sucks right now, but well, let's see if he has a receiver next year. What'll happen? Right. Yeah. I, like I said, I'll pick up Hurts. I don't think you can run him out there against the, the Saints. I don't. No. It's it, it's a it's a tough situation. This was the worst landing spot for Jalen Hurts. Uh, other, other thing, Howie Roseman, for all the praise he gets, I don't think trash. he's that good at drafting. Trash. He's trash. trash. JJ he Whiteside. He picked the he's picked the worst receivers out of the group around right. that got picked there <laughs> in the last three seasons. He's done that. Just saying. He picked JJ over DK. He picked Rager over, I believe, Jefferson. He did. And Mims, for sure. <clears throat> Definitely Jefferson, too. Because he, he, I think they traded up. No, they didn't trade up. They sat at their pick, and everyone was like, holy shit, Justin Jefferson's there for them. And they picked Jalen Rager. Uh, bad situation. I am so sorry, Eagles fans. I will not harp on it anymore. Like I said, don't hate Wentz. Hate the situation for him and think he has played bad. He probably shouldn't play. Uh, but he probably will. Uh, we don't have time to talk about Devontae Smith. Which is so fine. We, we did cover him slightly, and we will go over it more in depth. We just brought it up in case we needed time, but I had a feeling that there would be a couple of things that we discussed. Yeah, yeah. Browns and Carson Wentz will really get me. Um, Man, I was, I was really glad that this isn't... <laughs> Sometimes when you're when you're on the hill for people, you get very argumentative about it no matter what. And I'm glad you didn't do that with Hurts. Oh, no. And the last thing I guess I should say, I do really like Hurts as a quarterback. Yeah. His I, progression from Alabama to Oklahoma. And now great. what I've seen in the NFL. What's that? I said I believe we had him fifth ever quarterbacks this season. I had him. You oh, remember you- my, my last second fucking i shouldn't have done it clearly i fucked up but i moved him above justin herbert uh that was wrong but, it was but see wrong. that that's where i was going with with that whole Wentz hurts thing is that was where you just had to dig into a point that you you overanalyzed the one guy yeah yeah but um we'll see who starts this week i've i i, I I hope there, we get to see Hurts against a real defense. That's what I hope. Oh my god! If I, well, either way, let's be real here. Either way, uh, if Taysom Hill's starting, the Saints won't be up by a ton, so they'll be in the game. The the Eagles. Yeah. But either way, both these quarterbacks scare the absolute piss out of me to play. <laughs> I, yep. I don't think I could. Like I know it, we're obviously we're only talking for him for a superflex reason or two QB, I guess. But uh, oh wow. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could play either. <laughs> I'm picking up Jalen Hurts in armchair, by the way. You're in the playoffs. I'm not. This is my petty. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I won't know if I'm in the playoffs till Tuesday. So. Yeah. All right. All right, let's get out of here, man. We'll talk about De- Devontae Smith on uh, Thursday's episode, I believe. We'll probably have some, we'll some try. time to chop it up a little bit. But, um, yeah, make sure you guys follow us at the Cut FFB. Hit up the website, thecutffb.com. Uh, watch for some new features at the website. I know uh, Why Do I Even Try FF has been just pumping out the articles. I I slipped up, didn't write one last week. It was a long week. 
we will be back on Thursday, like I said, with our starts and sits. We'll give our Thursday night preview because there's actually a fucking Thursday night football game this week, which is exciting. And like I said, we'll talk about Devontae Smith and maybe even uh, maybe some Jalen Waddle. Maybe we'll get a little little crazy. Randy, do you have anything to add before we leave? No, thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, for Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We will talk to you guys Thursday.